chapter number 18 is where I want to take you to tonight. And uh, we're going to hone in on just two words. And you'll pick up on those words very quickly here as we read through. And, and uh, I'll do my best. I'm, I'm going to try to stick with my outline the best I can tonight. Uh, I'm going to let the Bible preach itself. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. It does a good job at it, don't it? I have a lot of scripture tonight. I was telling the guys in the back, I said, listen, normally I would put up a lot of scriptures and all that. I said, I don't know if we have enough slides to put them all on there. Uh, so if you, if you take notes, just hang on with me, all right? I'll, I'll do my best to make sure we get all the references uh, as we go through tonight. But I'm excited to give you what the Lord has given unto me, uh, beginning all the way back, from, all the way in sa- Saturday, I believe, the Lord really gave me full direction, and then leading through Sunday was just phenomenal. How many of you enjoyed Brother Travis Campbell, Amen. Those were some wonderful messages, wonderful services that we had. I was glad to be in my place, that's for sure, amen. And I loved his Sunday morning message of following the Lord, you know, following Jesus all the way, just continuing on. And I love that. Not one, not two, but all three days, just kept on following the Lord. And uh, essentially, I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, you know, that kind of goes right along with the message the Lord laid on my heart. And uh, so we're going to preach or teach a lot this evening on following Christ following Christ. And if you have your Bibles, if you're already there at Luke 18, if you're able to stand, if you will stand with us uh, this evening, Luke chapter number 18, beginning in verse number 18. You'll excuse me, I got a frog in my voice and here, if I can get it out, I'll give it to one of you, okay? I'll be glad to hand that one over. But uh, so excuse me tonight if I have to clear my throat a little bit. But Luke chapter number 18, and beginning in verse number 18, we'll read down through 27 this evening. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. And thou knowest the commandments, do, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. Verse 21, and he said, all these I have kept from my youth up. And now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, ye lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor and thou shalt have the treasure in heaven and come follow me. And verse 23, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? Verse 27, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible. Possible with God. But I want to back up and I'm interested in just two words this evening in verse 22 in the latter portion of that we find those two words follow me. And we find those two words when Jesus is talking here to this rich man and he says now then when Jesus heard these things he said unto him ye lackest thou one thing sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and these last two words saying with me follow me. Follow me. Follow me is what I want to teach on and preach on tonight. Following Christ. 
Let's pray. You can be seated this evening. Let's pray and we'll jump right into it this evening. I have a lot of scripture to cover and Lord willing, we'll get through it all this evening. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for allowing us to be here, Lord. I thank you for your precious word. God, I pray, Lord, even while I'm preaching, Lord, that you give it fresh and anew unto me. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me preach tonight with power and with zeal. Lord, help me to give it the people, Lord, what you've given me in my study. And Lord, for the past couple days, Lord, meditating on this thought of following Christ. God, I pray that you'd help us all. Lord, get something from the service tonight. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. We find here a story of, of a rich man, a wealthy man, and, and Jesus lays out the terms for him. He says unto him in verse 22, he says, listen, I know you have riches, uh, but you lack one thing, and I want you to take everything that you have and sell it all. Sell it all. And then the latter portion, whenever he bids him, uh, come and follow me. Uh, it was the follow me part that really began to stick out in my life and, and in my heart the past several days here. And uh, I began to think about following Christ, following Christ and how, to, how, one, how does one truly, truly follow Christ. And a lot of us in here this evening, we call ourselves Christians, right? We're Christ-like and we're saved and we're, we, we, we follow the Lord, but, but how truly do we follow him? And how faithfully do we follow him? And uh, with the help of the Lord this evening, I want to take our Bibles and we're going to jump around all over through scriptures this evening. And I want to maybe bring unto you some clarity of how we can really follow Christ. And within these thoughts, there'll be some others, others that I may chase as we go down through here. There's some good thoughts going down through here. But we see uh, the call for following him all throughout the word of God. When Jesus begins, when he comes on the scene and begins to minister, we, we, we hear of the calling and we know the stories of the disciples and in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' command to follow me was evident and he would go and he would present himself and, and he would show himself unto them and he would leave them with a simple statement of what? Follow me, come after me, follow me. And all through scriptures we see those in Matthew 4, verse number 19, I'll give you these for reference and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Once again, we see the call there to the disciples, those that were going to be with him in Matthew 9, 9, and Jesus passed forth from thence, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the receipt of customs, and he saith unto him, follow me, and he arose and followed him. Time and time again, throughout the rest of the scriptures, we see all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the calling and the bidding of the disciples to simply come and follow, and it was a forsaking all and following after Christ. It was that leaving all and going after him and to what Jesus had to offer them. And when we just read in the story there in Luke 18, we see a rich man and God and Jesus tells him what? To get rid of all of his riches, forsake everything that you have and distribute everything to the poor because what I have unto you is much richer than your earthly possessions that you have. What I have for you is eternal and all you have to do is what? Follow me. We see the command time and time again all throughout scriptures here as Jesus would call the disciples and he would call unto them. And, but yet in many cases, Jesus was talking to the men who would become his disciples. But in other times, he was speaking to any who wanted what he had to offer. And a very familiar verse in John 3.16 is a call to a whosoever, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that is the call unto us to follow after him. It was a plea, if you would, for us to follow that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Mark chapter number 8 
And verse number 34, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him, pay attention to these next two words, deny himself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now I want you to take your Bibles and you're out there in Luke. Turn over to Matthew chapter number 10, just a few pages over there. Turn over to the book of Matthew chapter number 10. And I want to bring into clarity what Jesus was talking about here in Mark 8, 34, when he said unto them, he said, listen, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. The following of Jesus was an action, but we know that it was a sacrifice as well. We know in the life of the disciples there, it was a sacrifice. They left their livelihoods and, and they left their families and they, they left all, they forsook everything and simply did one thing and that was to follow Christ. Wherever Jesus told them to go, they went. And whatever Jesus told them to do, they did. And we see a sacrifice here. And I, I want to bring into clarity here the, 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 some of the sacrifices that we see. And you, you, may, you have to make the choice to follow Christ. Can I say this again? You have to make that choice to willingly follow Christ. It's not something that's going to come easy. It's, it's not. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not. To, to faithfully actually follow Christ and his commandments and his perfect will for your individual life, which is going to be different from mine. Can I say that, okay? And your, your will is different from my will, but can I say faithfully following after Christ and following after his will will be difficult. Now I want you to look at this in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse 34. If you'll scan down to verse number 34, Matthew chapter number 10 and beginning in verse number 34, Jesus stated clearly what it means to follow him. And he said this here in beginning in verse number 34, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set, uh, set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Verse 37, then he that loveth the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Listen to these last two verses. And he, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And he that findeth his life Life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. We're all the time searching for our true purpose in life, and what does God have for us? Well, that's simply denying ourselves of our own ambitions and denying ourselves of our own goals and our own wills and sacrificing all of our own things that, that make us feel great and, and things that we want to do and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will follow you. There are great men throughout history who have done that. And they have shaken the world and shaken continents for the cause of Christ. Why? Because they forsook all and actually followed the Lord. His perfect will for their lives. But when you read a verse like this, when you begin to read and, I, and putting this together, you, you read 34 through 30, 39 there and you see, like, wait a minute, he comes not to bring peace. I, this, I, this is not the Jesus I remember that I've always been taught about. Now, hang on, let me bring it to clarity here because when Jesus here is bringing a sword and turning family members against each other, it seems a little harsh at first, especially after we just read in John three sixteen, whosoever believeth in him should not. Paris, but Jesus never softened the truth. 
Jesus never softened the truth. He, 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 never, he never sugarcoated the truth. The truth is the truth, and he presented it in a way that all could understand. And in, in this talking here of a division between family members and causing issues between mothers and daughters and sons and fathers, and what is this division coming about? And the message of Jesus, as reflected on the Sermon on the Mount, is indeed a message of peace, yet since it calls for an individual to radically commit to Jesus himself, it is a message of peace that divides between those who choose him and those who reject him. That's what this passage is speaking of. And sometimes in life, when you choose Christ, there will be sacrifices made. Not all the time it's going to be a bed of roses and everyone's going to pat you on the back and everyone's going to say hoorah and congratulations and we're so excited for you. There will come times when you follow the Lord's will for your life and truly faithfully following after the Lord, there will come opposition and there will come division. How many of you remember when you first got saved, the division that came about? The friends you used to hang out with, they didn't want to hang out with you anymore. Because your life has been changed. I vividly remember my life, and I worked at Goodyear Racing at the time, and it was a great job, and I worked around a bunch of other 20-year-olds, and we're talking about a young crew and rambunctious and early 20s, 21 through 27, and we had our whole lives ahead of us, and, and there was a lot of partying and a lot, a lot, of, a lot of other things that took place. And, and, but here's the thing. When the Lord done a work in my life, down there at the little church, when I heard about Jesus and I heard about my sins and I heard about a Savior who loved me and I heard about a hell that I was going to, but I can avoid hell by trusting in my Savior. I can gain a heaven. I can gain a heavenly Father. I can gain salvation through Jesus Christ. When I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, I chose to follow him. And in choosing to follow him, the division happened, even within the own workplace. Now, it was a slow division as I went into work, and I, I told them what happened, and, and they were like, yeah, okay, you're crazy, <laughs> you know? And many of you may have gotten the same thing. I mean, I'm talking 20-year-olds, 20-year-olds who didn't care nothing about church, nothing about God, but yet there was something that happened in my life, a change that had taken place in my life because I chose to follow him. And in choosing to follow him, that division happened there at work. And sometimes that division happens when you're your own family. And many of you can testify to that. Many of your family sometimes don't like being around you because you're zealous for the Lord and you love the Lord and, and you thank God all the time and you, you pray before you eat meals and, and all these things. And sometimes that division comes. That's where Jesus is talking about where the sword comes and divides the families. That's the division that comes forth. So we see here the, the division is between two choices, ones, the, the ones who, who, who chose the Lord and ones who rejected the Lord. Now, the dividing line between those who accept Jesus and those who reject him would even run through families, just as we just spoke. And the sword that Jesus spoke of would sometimes cut through family ties. And in strong terms, Jesus here explained that the disciple must love and follow Jesus supremely above everything else. And we should expect that normally following Jesus makes us better husbands and, and fathers and wives and mothers and sons and daughters and so forth. And yet there are times when the presence of Jesus divides rather than unifies. Now, there's a, there, now hang on, don't fall out. There's a lot of times when the presence of Jesus does bring unification. But between the unbeliever and the believer, sometimes it's a division. 
But now hang on with me here. And that is why you and I as Christians, those of us that have chose to follow Christ into salvation and chose to continue to follow the Lord until he returns, those of us that have chosen to follow him should remain faithful to that following. Why? So those who are lost and undone without the Lord Jesus Christ will see Jesus in us and, and, not, and they'll see our good works, but not glorify us, yet that they will glorify our heavenly father. They would see a difference in us that they want. It's a change that happened in our lives that they desire, but how else will they if we fall out by the wayside, if we quit on day one, or if we quit on day two, or if we quit on year 10, or if we quit following the Lord on year 15, and you say, well, Brother Brandon, I'm getting up in age. I'm just going to slow down for the Lord. I'm not going to follow his will anymore. You're young in here, and you say, listen, I got my whole life ahead of me. I'll follow the Lord later on in life. No, what you need to do is remain faithful to the calling of follow me. It's a, simple, it's a simple call, but it comes with great responsibility. Following the Lord. Why? Because others are watching. Others are watching. And you may be the only Bible that someone ever reads. You literally may be the walking Bible that they will ever read. That's why it's so important for us to stay faithful to the call of follow me. Follow me denying ourselves and following after the Lord. And sometimes I get this and, and, and think about this as well. Sometimes turning back may seem very appealing and easy at times to bow down, to give up, to give up to the opposition, to, to see the opposition pressing forward on you and for you to say, it's not worth me following the Lord anymore. It's not worth me following Jesus anymore. It's not worth it. The disciples faced a very similar decision in their life in the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples, the ones who were with Jesus, the ones who were involved in the miracles, the ones who were there, and, and, and they were involved in all of this. And, and Jesus, is, whenever he's teaching, went from the Beatitudes to the coming of the cross. Many who had followed him turned away at that time. In his most desperate time of need, many of his disciples turned away. John chapter number six, verse 66 reminds us of this. From that time, many of his disciples went back. And this is a very sad phrase at the latter part of it and says, and walked no more with him. And walked no more with him. The calling once was follow me and they did so while he was there and they, and they did so during the miracles and they were witnesses and they were there and they were present during all the great times of, of, of Jesus' miraculous miracle after miracle. They were present there. But in Jesus' most needed time as he's going to the cross to lay down his life, for the lay down his life for the sins of mankind, to give himself a ransom, to lay down his life, they forsook him and they left. And many walked not. And they walked no more with him. The disciples that were following Jesus thought it was too difficult in that night that he was arrested. Every one of them deserted him. And Matthew, Matthew 26, 56 reminds us of that in Mark 14, 50 also. And on that night following, following Christ meant possible arrest and execution. Following the Lord meant death. If you'll remember the story there, uh, Peter denied the Lord three times. Fear. Yes, you say, Brother Brandon, the Bible did say he followed from afar off. Oh, yes, but he wasn't following close. Now, now with, with, with saying that, to truly follow Christ means that he has become everything to us. That we truly follow him with everything. And I want you to understand this, especially you young people as well. We will follow something. Every one of us in this room will follow something. We always follow some type of example that is set before us. 
whether it be our father, our family members, our cousins, aunts, uncles, you fill in the blank. We all have someone that we are following. Now, I'm not talking about social media because they have taken this thing way out of proportion and we find too much following online and not enough truth online. But this idea of following here, the, the, the idea of truly following Christ means that we sell out to him, that we follow him no matter where he says to go, we're willing to go. No matter what he says to do, we're willing to do. That's the question this evening. What about you? Are you truly following Christ or maybe like Peter, just following from afar off? I'm saved. I know the Lord, but I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to have to give up what I have. I don't want to have to go there. I don't want to have to witness to them. That's the, really the, the whole premise behind this message is of following the Lord. How closely are we following? Because we will follow something, friends, popular culture, family, selfish desires, or we'll choose God. Ultimately, Peter did tell his, the people in Corinth to follow him, but he, to understand this, that he was also following Christ. You'll remember this in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number one, be ye followers of me, but it didn't stop there, even as I also am of Christ. What he was telling those believers, he says, listen, I will lead by example. I will follow as close as I can to the Lord. And listen, if there's any, is there any time in my life when I don't follow the Lord, don't follow me. Don't follow me. You gotta make sure that you're following the one true living God and following his perfect will for your life. Listen, you can follow man all day, but we will lead you to destruction. The best of man is man at best. But if you follow God, he is supreme. He is omnipotent and he knows the perfect will for your life. And if we'll follow him, he has great things in store for each of us in this room. But we must what? Follow him. Two simple words, follow him. We, cannot, we, we, we can only follow one thing at a time. And Matthew reminds us of this in Matthew chapter number six and verse 24. And no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon and how truthful that is. And we see the division in the church today and we see the falling away today in the new age church. Why is that? Because I believe that they've got their eyes on other things than the Lord. They've got their eyes on, on worldly possessions or worldly treasures or trying to get, make something for themselves or, or get their name out there. And they're trying to make something of themselves, but that's not our calling, church. Our calling is to make much of him, not of ourselves. Amen. I did not die for your sins and I will not lay down my life and die for, for all of humanity to be saved, but yet the Lord Jesus Christ did so. So in our lives and in our Christian lives, we should walk so closely and reflect the goodness and the greatness of God that they may see our good works, but not glorify us, not put our name on high, not lift us up, but lift the name of Jesus. Because without him, we don't have life. Without him, we are, we are doomed to a devil's hell, eternally separated from God. But yet through Jesus Christ, we have life. If you're saved in here tonight, you have eternal life. You have a heaven that you're looking forward to. And one day we're going to take flight out of here. It could be tonight. I'm looking forward to it. And I kind of hope it happens in slow motion. You ever thought about the day? How many of you ever thought about that day? I mean, literally just what if it was like right now, right? I mean, imagine you hear the trumpet. Oh, there it is. And all of us, did you hear that? I know, I know it says it's going to happen in the twinkle of eye. It's going to be quick. But I've been in a car wreck before, and that was quick. But it felt like it was in slow motion. Don't it? How many of you have been in a car wreck? It's like slow motion. Yes. I hope it's slow motion. where we, All of a sudden, you hear that trumpet, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's time. 
Like you, get, like you get the chance to make eye contact with another brother. I hope it happens at church. I do. I will, I, when the Lord returns, I want it to happen while we're right here. Man, could you imagine as the choir's singing? I mean, we're getting to that, we're getting to that climax of the song and we're singing and we're pushing out and we hit that last note, boom, the piano goes crazy. They're hitting up the piano, the bass is going, the choir's singing. All of a sudden, we hear a trumpet over top of all of that and all of a sudden, whoosh, we take flight out of here. I don't know why I chased that one, but it was good, amen. <laughs> one day it's gonna happen. May we live a life so close to Christ that others will want what we have. If they sense our joy, they'll want joy. Nobody likes being around a Debbie Downer. Nobody. Nobody likes, you know that one person is always coming around and you don't want to say, hey, how's your day going? Because you know what you're going to get. Those are the ones you go, hey, good to see you. Keep on going. I'll be a witness from afar, right? No, but you know the people. But everybody loves being around that one. Hey, so good to see you. Hey, Riley, man, I'm so glad you're here. Good to see you. Donnie, brother, good to see you. Everybody loves being around that person who is happy all the time and they have joy. And why do they have that? Because they're walking so close to Jesus. Can I, can I say this? Like Jesus is rubbing off on them. You can tell. You can tell when people's been around Jesus. You can, hey, when Moses got with the Lord, you know what happened? Had to put a veil Cover him up because of the glory, the brightness thereof, right? May us, may we be so full of the Holy Spirit and so full of God that if a mosquito bites us, it'll fly away singing, I've got power in the blood. <laughs> amen. You, you can tell that one tomorrow at work, amen. Listen, we can only serve one. We can only follow, we can only truly follow one tonight. Now, I'm hasting. I'm, let, me, let, me, let me put this thing in overdrive. God states that we are to have no other gods before him. Old Testament, Exodus, Exodus chapter number 20, verse number three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Deuteronomy chapter number five illustrates the exact same thing in verse number seven. Thou shalt have none other gods before me, just in case you didn't understand, no, now is none, okay? And for all you New Testament folk, you ready for this one? Mark chapter number 20, verse number 30. I don't know if the Lord could have explained it any better. The Holy Spirit could not have pinned this down any more in depth. You ready for this? Mark chapter number 12, verse number 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God, hang on with me, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Do you truly want to follow the Lord? You truly want to follow Christ? There it is. With everything. Everything that you have, every fiber and every being in you, with your mind, with your heart, with your everything that you have, follow after Christ. Why? Because he has things in store for you that this world can never match. This world tries to match his goodness. This world tries to match his greatness, and they fall short so well. They fall so far short, it's unbelievable. Following after the Lord, we should have no other gods before us. No one uh, To truly follow Christ means that we do not follow anything else. And once again, Luke chapter number 9, verse 23, and Jesus said unto the, to them all, if any man will come after me, hang on with me, let him deny himself. There's the idea of sacrifice. There's the idea of giving up our ambitions, our wills, our retirement, our plans for our lives and say, Lord, whatever you have in store, that's what I want because I want to bring you glory. And I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm not careful on that one. 
deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There's no such thing as a halfway disciple as the disciples demonstrated that no one can follow Christ in their own strength and in their own willpower. Now hang on with me here and you'll get where we're going. No one can fully follow Christ in their own willpower and in their own strength, okay? So, and the Pharisees were good examples of those who, who were trying to obey God in their own strength, yet their, self, their self-effort led to arrogance and a distortion of the whole purpose of God's law. Luke chapter number 11. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter number 23. I want to show you a very, it's it's a very funny verse actually. So we're going to read that one and I'm going to break it down for you here in a moment. Matthew 23 and verse 24. I'm going to read Luke 11, 39 as you're turning there. And the Lord said unto him, now you do Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Matthew chapter number 23 and 24. I want you to look at this. Ye blind gods which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Any of you ever read that verse before? I didn't until I studied this through. I'm like, what? I had to back up, put it in reverse and read it again. Read it in its context, but let me help you with this. And I love, I love this because they had a distorted view of God's law. They made themselves so much bigger than God's law. And this was the issue here. And, and, and Matthew 23, 24 says, you blind gods which stranded in that and swallow a camel. Jesus illustrated their folly in a humorous picture of a man so committed to a kosher diet that he would not swallow a gnat because it was not bled out properly according to tradition. Get this now, hang on. Yet the same man would swallow a whole camel. So he's saying, your, your idea, your view of everything is, is out of proportion. It's out of whack. You're, you're saying that you're, you're going to strain for a gnat. You're, you're looking for that gnat in your, in your cup or in your drink, and you make sure that you don't want to swallow that gnat because we're, we're, we're above that. It's, it's not kosher. We can't do that. It's not bled out. We can't do that. But at the same time, you're going to swallow a whole camel. It's that double edge back and forth. And I love what Barclay said this. This is a humorous picture which, we have, which must have raised a good laugh uh, of a man carefully straining his wine through galls to avoid swallowing a microso- microscopic insect, yet cheerfully swallowing a camel. It is the picture of a man who has completely lost sense of proportion. Now, let me say this as well. We said earlier that, that we cannot fully follow the Lord Jesus Christ in our own strength and how true that is. And aren't you glad that he sent a helper Oh, yes. The Holy Spirit helps us follow Christ. I'm going to hasten down through this, and I'm going to cut some of this out as we go down through. Jesus gave his disciples the secret to faithfully following him. Take your Bibles and look over in John. Still out there in your New Testament. Look over John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 63. Jesus gave his disciples the secret to faithfully following him, but they did not recognize it at the time when Jesus said this. In John chapter number 6, in verse number 63 through 65, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen goes right there. But there are some of you that believe not for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Hang on to verse number 65 of John chapter number six. And and he said, therefore said unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. The disciples had walked with Jesus for three years, learning, observing, and participating in his miracles. Yet even they could not faithfully 
only follow him in their own strength. They needed a helper. And Jesus promised many times throughout the New Testament here, especially in John, that he would send the helper when he ascended. In John chapter number 14, you're right there in John. You can flip over a couple pages here. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. Jesus said that he would send them this helper once he ascended unto the Father. He's going to send one that will help them, one that will guide them, one that will allow them to walk so closely to him in guiding them along the way into following him, that first commandment that he called them out, follow me, follow me, follow me, right? John 14, 26, but the comforter, speaking of the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Flip over one page, John 15, 26, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. In fact, he told them that it was needful for him that he has to go so the Holy Spirit could come. In John chapter number 16, look over one more chapter. John 16 and verse number seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I, not, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And the Holy Spirit indwells the heart of every single believer. From the day of his ascension, when the Holy Ghost was sent down, remember the Holy Ghost could not come until he ascended to the Father. When he ascended, when he ascended, that's when he sent that comforter. That's when the Holy Ghost came down and began to indwell in every man who believeth on Jesus Christ. Now get this right here in Galatians chapter number two, verse number 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans chapter eight, 16. The spirit beareth witness with our spirit now that we are the children, now that we are the children of God. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number five. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And how is he with us to the end of the world? Because we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the helper? We cannot walk this life on our own. And the Lord knew it. How were we able to follow him? How were the disciples able to shake the world after his ascension? You read, I'm gonna fast forward here and give you the, the, the cliff notes, if you would. The, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them there in Acts, and we read about how the Holy Spirit came and rested upon them. They began to speak in different languages, different tongues, and every man understood them in their own language. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was not in their own flesh. In their own flesh, they could not do that. In their own flesh, they could not prophesy. In their own flesh, they could not proclaim the word of God Boldly, but yet through the help of the Holy Ghost, they can do these things. And you and I, with the help of the Holy Ghost in 2024, you and I can walk and follow the Lord as he has commanded us to do. Follow me. Be a witness everywhere you go unto the uttermost parts of the world. How are we able to do that? Not of our own strength, but yet through the Holy Spirit. How was any preacher able to mount the pulpit not in their own strength? but through the help of the Holy Spirit. How is every musician able to play the way they play? You say, well, Brother Brandon, that's talents. Who gave them the talent? They're just giving it back to the Lord and the Holy Spirit helps them. How about that? Anything you and I have is from the Lord. Every good thing cometh from where? From above. 
It's not of our own. And we just give it back unto him. Let me fast forward here. We're going to be done this evening. Let me, let, me, let me leave you with this last thought here. Following the Lord is a decision that we have to make. But along the way, we have a helper. Oh, who's right there with us, who guides us all along the way. Let me, let me say this. Let me, give you, let me give you a quick illustration on this following thing, how the Lord really instilled this on my heart and how it played into Sunday morning, which is very comical. All right, so Saturday, we had a bowling activity, our youth activity. We went out, we, we had village in pizza. I did eat a salad, for those of you who are wondering. All right, I have witnesses where two or three, they were, there were at least two or three witnesses around me. Brother Timmy was there. He can testify. I did eat a salad. So we went bowling. We had a great time. That evening, we had to bring the church van back to Brother Jerry's house. So it was later that evening, that night on the way back, 77 South. My wife is following me. I'm the leader. Amen. I'm on 77, hammered down, glory bound. We're moving down the interstate, 77, right? Now we need to get on 40 West. Many of you have been down 77. You know the new, the new lane setup that they have. It merges over like three times before you get over to the 40 exit, right? So as the lanes were opening up, I just decided to merge on over. There was no other lane until that lane opened up. So me being me, I didn't use a signal because there was no lane until the lane was there and it, I just kind of absolved into it, right? You guys get where I'm going with this, right? All right. So I didn't use the signal. Not one lane, not two lane. Got off on 40. Didn't use the signal when I got off on the exit of 40 right there, the, the first exit down there on Broad Street. And then I started using my signal after that. My loving wife, who's probably watching right now online, when I got back in the van after dropping off at Brother Jerry's house, she goes, decided not to use the signal, huh? I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, the whole time. We're on the interstate. I don't know if I'm going 77 South, if I'm going 40 East, if I'm going 40 West. You never told me which way to go. I said, honey, I told you to follow me. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, but you could have used the signal so I had a heads up of where I was going next. How many of you ever been in there? All right. So then I looked at her and I was like, oh man, that is a message right there. And many of you preachers, you know this. It's like, oh, that's a message right there. I said, listen. When God told Abraham to leave everything that he had and just go into the country in which he will show him, he didn't say, all right, here's your map, here's your plan, turn here, turn. He didn't print out map quests. He didn't say turn by turn. He just said what? Go. And who followed? Abraham followed. I said, honey, all you had to do was follow me. I knew where I was going. I said, just follow me. Now, let's fast forward to Sunday. Service breaks out. Testimony after testimony. And I'm up here scared. I'm like, all right, Lord. Sign, signal, <laughs> which way are we going next, right? Great service. We get the special up here. I'm sitting down beside Brother Travis. And I was like, how you feel about the service, brother? He goes, man, it's great. That's not the signal I was looking for. I'm trying to follow the Lord. Hang on with me. I'm trying to follow the Lord, guiding in the service. And I'm like, I need a signal. All right, Lord, I'm going to ask a seasoned man of God. Where's my sign, right? He looks at me, he says, Service is going great. It's not the answer I wanted. So I asked him again a different way. What do you think about the remainder of the service, brother? Knowing uh, only had one more verse of that special. He said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I was like, that's not, that's not the signal. Where's the signal? I need a left turn, right turn. Tell me what I, and you know what came back to my mind? The same thing that I preached to my wife. The Holy Spirit says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And I believe the Lord blessed the remainder of that service. But that's essentially how this was instilled. Sometimes following God, we get signals. Turn here, turn here, go there, talk to them. Sometimes it's just follow me. I'll tell you when you get there. 
Go until I say stop. Talk until I say stop. Don't talk. Amen. Be quiet when I tell you to be quiet. Following the Lord very closely. But can I leave you with this thought right here, that following the Lord closely pleases our Heavenly Father. How many of you want to please your Heavenly Father? As much as I want to please my earthly father, and there's nothing, let me, let me tell you something, there's nothing greater than your dad that says, I'm proud of you, son. Amen. There's nothing that wells up more inside of you than, a, than your father or your mother saying, I'm proud of you, but how much more so do I want my heavenly father to say, I'm proud of you for following me. Let me leave you with some scripture here this evening. Turn over to John. You may be still in John. John chapter number eight. John chapter number eight. Following Jesus means striving to be like him, and he always obeyed his Father's will. So that's what we should strive to do in following Jesus. We ultimately please our Heavenly Father in John chapter number 8 and verse 29. And he, and he that sent me, and let me back up, verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Fast forward a couple chapters, John chapter number 15, if you will. John chapter number 15 and verse number 10. So we see these things here that please him. Jesus aimed to please his heavenly father. John 15 verse number 10. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Truly to follow Christ means to give him the preeminence in our lives. That is the first place. That means that he is Lord of our lives. In Romans chapter number 10, verse number nine, thou shalt confess with thy mouth, uh, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, meaning giving him the preeminence, giving him rule over our lives, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 chapter number three, wherefore I give unto you, uh, to, where, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost, that helper that was sent the moment we believed in the Lord. Every decision, every dream should be filtered through the word of God in the goal of glorifying our heavenly father. Everything we do, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and I'll be done, 31 reminds us of this, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do should be pleasing unto our Heavenly Father. And the best way we can please our Heavenly Father is with the help of the Holy Spirit to simply follow Christ, his perfect will for each of our lives. Let's pray this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for the message, Lord, that you laid upon my heart. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that it resonated in some hearts this evening, Lord, that something was said, Lord, that was a help unto them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us in this room. God, would you help every believer in this room, Lord, to simply follow after you. Yes, it's, it's two words, following you, but yet they hold so much weight, and yet we know we cannot do this in our own strength. So help us to, to listen to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit guides our walk with you. May we be obedient to the call that you have set out for each one of us. If you say go, Lord, may we forsake all and just go, understanding and trusting you with our, our lives. Listen, we've trusted you with our eternity. We've trusted you with our forever and ever. Lord, why can't we trust you with the now and now? 
Lord, why can't we trust you, Lord, with our short lifespan that we have? And Lord, be obedient unto you. Lord, knowing that you look after us, knowing that you care for us, knowing that you'll guide us every step of the way. Yes, sometimes we're going to face struggles and we're going to face hardships and we're going to face temptations and, and the snares of the devil set out for us. But God, knowing and trusting you that you have something great in store for us, that you have a big plan for each one of us to do, may we remain faithful in following after you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us this year to follow more closely than ever before, that others would see you in our lives, and yet they would glorify you, not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, I just want to ask one question, how close are you following? Listen, there are times, just like Peter, we'll follow from afar off. But you know the great thing is, he gives us the opportunity to get back close to him again. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you've been thrown a curveball already this year. You've been thrown a trial, a hardship, a struggle that you didn't see coming. And it maybe, it maybe slowed down your, your closeness with the Lord, your walk with him, your prayer life your church attendance. Something happened in your life that kind of threw you off kilter. I'm glad I can stand here and say that you can get back to it. You can get right back to where you were and have that closeness with him again. And you can do that tonight. You can run back to Jesus any moment, any time. And the beauty is that he'll never reject you and he'll be there with open arms. Let's all stand, let's all stand tonight. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As some are making their way, how about it tonight? Are you as close as you once were to the Lord? Are you following him from afar off or have you strayed away for a little while? Is it time to get back to where you once were? To where you felt that joy? Hey, how long has it been since you had joy and peace in your life? I, can I say this tonight? That you'll keep joy and peace no matter the circumstances if you'll keep Jesus close by because that's what he represents. He brings us joy. He brings us peace that passes all understanding. Maybe you've strayed and that's okay. We all have. Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. That's all of us. This world is tempting and trying to pull us away from our faithfulness to the Lord. But I challenge you tonight to stay as close as you can this year. Because this could be the year that he comes back. This could be the month that Jesus comes back. And let us be found so faithful and so close to him that he don't have to call us from afar off. Come home, come home. He can whisper in our ears, it's time. It's time. As some are doing business, you do business as the Lord laid upon your heart tonight. If you're watching by way of live stream, there's a number across the bottom of your screen that you can call. We have some dedicated people in the back that are willing to take that phone call, be able to pray with you, encourage you. Ultimately, if you're lost and you don't know if you're saved, then they can take care of that. Take the Bible and show you how you can be saved through the Word of God. How about it?